Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am in Studio A here at beautiful Beit Tehillah Campus in Brandon, Florida, with the one and only Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. It is so good to uh, be in the book of Numbers and learn some important lessons. It's funny, this is the Torah portion, I believe, that we've been lamenting every time we lamented the book of Numbers. But right now, I feel pretty good. I'm in a pretty good mood. Oh, yeah. You know? What feel- not to do. Yeah, yeah that's ex- great. Exactly right. I'm feeling don't like... Don't do this. Don't do this. So, um, you know, special thank you to Mr. Tommy Waller. Uh, we did a, uh, a podcast with him, and it is already up. So if you haven't listened to that, it is a, a new interview with him. And we went over some pretty cool stuff, so I think you guys should definitely go take a listen. Uh, we talked about uh, what is the gospel and why is Israel so important to it. And so it's a, it's a very interesting uh, conversation that we had with him. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, you should definitely go back and listen to that. And so he is um, leaving our, our city today, flying back to Missouri. And uh, we've had a great time with him. So if, uh, if uh, you didn't get a chance to see any of the live streams, you know, it's going to be up on the YouTube channel and all that. And I encourage you guys to go back and watch it and see kind of what has gone down over the past few days. I know for me, I'm pretty excited. I think Pastor Nick is pretty excited. Just Absolutely. Just, it's like the Apostle Paul came to our congregation. That's how, that's how significant it truly is. Yeah. So we are now studying the Torah portion Korach or Korah, which is the name Korah. And uh, it is in the book of Numbers, starting in chapter 16 and verse 1, and ending in chapter 18 and verse 32. And just a little reminder, you know, uh, if you're looking at the Torah portions uh, and how we keep them, uh, of course, we celebrated Shavuot on, uh, on a Saturday night. Uh, I, I do believe it was uh, May 30th. Is that correct? And... Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's interesting how the, uh, of course, in, in the calendar, you'll see where uh, the Jewish people celebrated it on the 29th, or the, I believe the 28th to the 29th. Um, so basically, just to let everybody know, we're going to finally get caught up when we get to Pincus. But the thing is, I want to just encourage all of you that we are going through these tour portions methodically in, in, in every week. But the reason for the uh, little discrepancy there, just so you, you know, if you go on IH.com or First Fruits of Zion, you'll think like, wow, you guys are like a week ahead. Uh, it's because on that particular Shabbat, that Torah portion should have been Naso. But it basically was saying because of the diaspora, you know, don't do Naso. Right. So we did Naso the, the night before Pentecost or Shavuot, just so you guys understand that we are kind of like a week we're a week ahead. Yeah, well, they were saying um, not so fast, but somehow we ended up that nacho cheese. Not listening, but um, you know, we're. So I on, just want to give you that. that we're heads on the schedule up. for the land of Israel at the moment. Yeah, but basically, yeah, but basically, like I said, that you know, there's a lot of controversy over that. But but to do the tour portions is so important. I just want to bring that to light because there is a lot of controversy. So once again, we are a week ahead in the tour portions, and we're going to begin. Uh, of course, we're doing Korah, Numbers chapter sixteen, verse one. 
uh, all the way through chapter 18 and verse 32. So we want to really hit this, uh, this rebellion here head on. It's called the rebellion of Korah. I'm going to have Ryan read uh, in Numbers chapter 16, verses 1 through 11. Uh, once again, uh, Numbers chapter 16, verses 1 through 11. Let's check out this coup. All right, it says here, Now Korah, the son of Isar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men, and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. And he spake unto Korah and unto his, all his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy, and will cause him to come near unto him, even him whom he hath chosen will he cause to come near unto him. This do... Take you censers, Korah, and all his company, and put fire therein, and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow, and it shall be that man whom the Lord doth choose. He shall be holy. Ye take too much upon you, ye sons of Levi. And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, ye sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you that God of the, that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them and he hath brought thee near to him and all thy brethren the sons of Levi with thee and seek ye the priesthood also for which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together against the Lord? And what is Aaron that ye murmur against him? Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so what tribe was Korah from? Korah was from the tribe of Levi, Levi. Among the Kohathites, you know, and they were, of course, responsible for all the tabernacle furniture and even personally carrying it. Is that true? That's right. The Kohathites. So they were related to Moses and Aaron. Yes, they were so this is a big family yeah, squabble. Cousins, cousins. Cousins. And so once again, once again, a conspiracy takes two or more people in order for it to really be implemented or to be carried out. Yeah. But now we have, uh, we have the, the tribe of Reuben with Dathan and Abiram uh, who sided with Korah against Moses. Yeah. So we're not going to get into all the details, but I want to let you know that birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. So the Kohathites were camped out with the tribe of Reuben. Yeah, that's right. So that's how, you know, they were just hanging out by the water cooler, just talking away, yapping away about he's like, hey, Moses, Moses raises himself up above the congregation. And yeah. he's like, yeah, you're right, yeah. yeah. How about that, Korah? <laughs> you, you the man, you could do it. I like you better than Moses. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, we have 250 princes who were famous and renowned in the assembly, came forward with Korah to contest Moses' leadership. Yeah, that's right. Wow. 250, they were famous and renowned in the assembly to back this thing up. You know, we need a management change. You ever seen those signs in these restaurants and these businesses? Under new management. Yeah. Woohoo! Well, you know, let's give it a shot, you know. So that's what they were well, There's attempting. 250. This would be like me gathering the whole congregation of Beit Tehillah to start a coup here. And 100 more on the outside. Well, yeah, but you get my point. So, you know, so here's, here's the question. What was the real reason for this group of people to come against Moses and Aaron? So you have two representatives from the tribe of Reuben. 
you have some Kohathites, you have Korah here, and then, of course, you have 250 princes, men yeah. of renown. Uh, and this is, this is the real reason for this group of people to come against Moses. And here it is, number 16.3. You take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore, then, lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord? making these charges. You know, Moses was appointed right. to be the deliverer. Right. I mean, he was there from the beginning. Well, God sent him there, and then they all came out of Egypt. It's like, what, what don't you get, Korah? You know, it's <laughs> interesting, you know, uh, I find it interesting, you know, because after, you know, hearing the statement from those who contended for his leadership, he fell upon his face. He, you know, he was the most humble man. You know, think about it. He, he fell upon his face. And, and, I, and it's interesting to me that uh, it's so funny how, you know, uh, e- even in my situation, I'm going on 18 years this fall of being the senior pastor of Beatty of the Congregation. But, you know, people only see me at, at this point in time. They didn't see me when I was in the living room. Right. Or when I was single and leading the worship. And, right. And all the, the things that I did for the Dreyer family, you know, the, the mother and father, Pastor Randy and Pastor Tifa. You know, nobody was there for any of that. So they come into Beitila today, and they say, like, who did this guy, who does he think he is? Yeah. You know? I'm not the new kid on the block. You know, I, you know and I, why do I share this? Not in arrogance or, or pride, to be prideful. But David said, listen, I killed the lion and the bear. Right. I can kill this, this uncircumcised giant. giant. That's right. You know, it's, um, it's interesting, and, and this may sound a little bit political, but uh, when I read verse 3 there, and he says, all the congregation are holy, right? Basically, what it, it's communism, it's socialism. It's saying, "Hey, we're all equal. We're all not." And 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 it's not to say that there isn't equality between people, right? But that people are appointed for a purpose. Everyone, equality is a false construct because everyone is different. God created all of us with special purposes and passions and abilities and personalities and all of these things that make you unique. And in the celebration of uniqueness is different roles within a community, right? And so rather than embracing your role and being the best at your role and loving your role and doing it, right, people want someone else's role. And so in this case, Korah is coming up against Moses because of arrogance. And, and of course, right, Korah is going to be, because he's saying here, right, everyone in the congregation is holy, right? Korah doesn't want to be the leader, right? He just wants everyone to be equal. Come on. Look, I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night. Korah wants to appoint himself is essentially what's going on here. And, and, and anybody that thinks otherwise is really just kind of kidding themselves because when have you ever seen a communist or a socialist regime work out to where, oh, everyone is equal and we love everyone's opinions and we're going to take everyone into account and weigh everyone equally? Well, somehow someone's opinion ends up being one that the, the state or the leader you know, doesn't like and they end up dead, right? So in this case, God nipped it in the bud. He said, communism and socialism, eh, not for me. I appointed Moses. That's, He's that's my God. good. You know, that's, that's uh, this, this whole um, kibbutz mentality in the early stages of the, the, the founding of Israel was ba- based on socialism. Right. Um, communism. Yeah. So, so Moses told Korah and his company that the Lord would show who are his by the next day. <coughs> So he, he's already got a word from the Lord. He's already realized that, hey, I've, I've interceded. I'm the man, and I believe the Father's going to show him some things. And so Moses told Korah and his company to have in their hands the next day censers, fire, and incense. 
now here's what Moses said. I thought this was interesting. In, in verses 8 through 10, I want to read this in number 16. So this is Moses' response to this coup. And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, ye sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you that the God of Israel hath separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them? Like, what an honor. He has separated you, you right. know? Yeah. And he hath brought thee near to him, and all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee, and seek ye the priesthood also? For which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together against the Lord? And what is Aaron that you murmur against him? And so Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, which said, We will not come up. Wow. So they would not come up because they would not come up. It's right here. Now, that's a standoff right there. So Moses became angry because they refused to meet with him, right? He's like, come on now, let's talk this out. Let's, let's reason. Let's reason. Let's create a win-win situation. That's what I've always believed in. John C. Maxwell talks about it. You can create a win-win situation in your conversation. So the question is, did Moses and Aaron fall upon their faces when they were told to separate from the congregation because the Lord was going to consume them in a moment? Yeah. So now they got the response of the coup and the rebellion and they fell on their faces. And now the Lord is telling them, hey, Moses, Aaron, you need to separate. You need to separate from these people. Separate yourself because I'm getting ready to drop the gauntlet. Uh, once again, Moses fell on his face twice to intercede, not only for his enemies, but for the rest of the children of Israel. So here's the question, Ryan. Can we practice that today? Intercession for the foolish, the indifferent. Our, even our enemies, can we intercede? Uh, not only can we, but we we have a mandate to, and we should not for the low. I mean, for the at least because we have been in these positions, right? We have been the one speaking against leadership. We have been the one doing things that we shouldn't do or saying things that we shouldn't say. You know, piping off you know our mouth uh, when we shouldn't have. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. And by you, I'm pointing at our listeners, right? Our listeners are guilty of it, and so we all should have a, a humble spirit and intercede for those people in, in, in hopes that when that time, God forbid, it comes to us again, right? Makes its, its ugly head turns around, that they will intercede on our behalf as well. That's real love. I mean, when you really love people, you see it, and you, you, they say hate the sin, love the sinner. How do you do that? You intercede for them. Well, it's just like bashing the government, you know, with gossip and slander instead of praying yeah. for them. You know, I, I don't agree with President Trump's behavior or what he puts on Twitter. I don't agree with that, but I'm still through the scriptures I'm to, to, to actually pray for him, to lift him up, you know, to intercede for him, you know? And, uh, and so anyway, I'm going to have, uh, Aaron continue on in the outline, let him share, uh, actually how the story unfolds, Boy, they could make an incredible Hollywood movie out of this. If they stick to the text of just this, you would have an incredible biblical movie. You know, you'd have a serious, Epic. Yeah, absolutely. So it says here, the, the Lord wanted Moses and the whole congregation to separate themselves from Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. So first things first, hey, listen, there's a, there's a, a cancer, right? There's a, something that's going to spread, right? Get it, get it out, right? So, so you want to cut it out, right? It's a tumor. So they, they separate themselves. And Moses foretold what would happen uh, to the men who challenged his position 
before it happened. Now, listen, it is. He's absolutely. That's a true prophet. He is a true prophet. Now, I'll tell you what. um, That is something that shows you that it is of God. I don't think that Moses opens up the earth. I think that it's God that does that. It's too big. Yeah. So (laughs) it's got a hammer. He might be able to dig a little hole. Here, jump in that hole. Yeah, he could dig a (laughs) hole, but it might take a little while. So here in uh, Numbers chapter 16, verse 32, it says, And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their houses, and all the men that appertained unto Korah, and all their goods. Boom. So that's that's pretty rough. I mean, um, there was a guy a couple years ago. In Sefner, yeah. yeah a sinkhole. Right under his bed. Sucked his Swallowed bed in. Swallowed him, and they still haven't found him. Right. It was horrible. That is just, that's just awful. And that's local. Right. <laughs> because Florida's built on limestone. At one time, Florida was actually covered in water. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Limestone. So after the men went down alive into the pit, uh, the earth closed up upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. So obviously this is, this is um, you know, a big lesson for everyone that was there, wouldn't you say? I would say witnessing this would be something that you wouldn't soon forget. Um, and so when the earth closed back up, the children of Israel fled at the cry of them. And so, I mean, the earth opens up, you're going to hit the road, right? You run. Uh, A fire from the Lord consumed the 250 men who had censers. Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, was responsible for picking up the censers from the dead. Oh my gosh. And they took the censers and made them broad plates for a covering of the altar. So they hammered them out. They took the censers. What a memorial. Yeah, absolutely. So don't forget, this is the rebellion of Korah right there on the altar. Wow, what a memorial. Insane. How relevant is it today, Ryan? When you look at the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement, how many of you know that we have to do it his way? It says, I'll raise up shepherds after my own heart. So God is raising up the right leadership to lead this movement. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We've actually had an incredible time with Tommy Waller. We believe that God has raised Tommy Waller up Absolutely. To help to get Christians to the land and come alongside the Jewish people. I believe he's like, a, to me, he's like an Apostle Paul or, or a Moses to me. Uh, I see his authority. I see where he's at in his walk. And so we're going we're gonna to turn the, the tables now here a little bit because uh, this is going to end up being a catalyst because God brings judgment and does things. Uh, so what did all the congregation do the next day to Moses and Aaron? So they murmured against Moses and Aaron that they killed the people. So let's, let's think about the nature of Moses and Aaron to intercede for these people. So the rebellion comes through Korah, and they humble themselves. They fall on their faces the first time. Yeah. The second time, God says, hey, get away from these people. Separate. I'm getting ready to take them out. Man, Moses and Aaron fall on their face like, oh, Lord, no, you know, please. And, and so they fall on their faces. Yeah. So now judgment is cast, right? So now you have the earth swallowing up people. You have the fire of the Lord coming down, consuming 250 princes, the two gentlemen from the tribe of Reuben. Now we have a third intercession, right? Because now the people are blaming, you know, they're, bl- they're going to blame, uh, they're actually going to blame uh, Aaron and Moses uh, in this situation. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's go to page three here. So, and Moses said unto Aaron, take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar and put on incense and go quickly unto the congregation and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. Man, wow. this, this is an intense scene. The coronavirus. 
You know, have have there any been any good movies that put together this scene? No, I've it? never seen it. Yeah. So what two types of people did Aaron stand between? The dead and the living. See, don't say you can't make a difference. Right. I'll tell you the best thing you can ever do in any situation is to begin to intercede. That's right. Well, you say, well, how how can I help in this situation? What can I do? You begin to intercede. You begin to have the heart of God. So so actually Aaron stood between the dead and the living and 14,700 people died because of the plague. Yowza. Now, if you haven't heard my teaching called The Plague, you need to listen to it. And I do believe we're going to have another one up uh, after a plague. Um, there are great opportunities. There are great opportunities. That's we right. need to get that up on the podcast. We do, but it is up on YouTube, I believe. Okay, it's up on YouTube, hopefully. So we have 14,700 people died. So once again, we're going to switch gears now. Because this is pretty sad, you know. Uh, we're going to get into, of course, uh, Aaron's rod buds. So God is going to set a precedent here, and we're going to kind of go over this. I want to let Ryan take it, and then I'll interject and tie it all in at the end there. I want to let Ryan take uh, Aaron's rod buds. Yeah, absolutely. So this is, um, we've just gone through this rebellion of Korah, and he's coming against Aaron and Moses, and he's coming against the priesthood because these guys are Levites, and they're claiming, hey, you put yourself up even that next that next echelon higher than us in the hierarchy. So now I believe that in this section, through the budding of Aaron's rod, God confirms the leadership of Aaron. Um, and so uh, how many rods were gathered, and what was written on each one is the question. Twelve and every man's name on it. Right. So this is for the twelve tribes. Um, and each man's name is on the rods. And it says here in uh, chapter 17 and verse 5 of the book of Numbers, And it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom, and I will make it uh, make to cease from the murmur... And I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. So it's kind of like a, a proof. Hey, everybody's rod comes, whichever one blooms, that's the one that I've chosen. Um, so Moses laid all 12 rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. And so that, that where everybody can see it, uh, the next day, the rod of Aaron budded, bloomed, blossom, budded and budded, bloomed blossoms and yielded almonds. A lot of tongue twisters. In Man, there, I'll tell you what, I'm getting tied up today. <laughs> so budded, bloomed blossoms. That's an alliteration there. Bloomed blossoms. Budded, bloomed blossoms. That's like orange blossom honey. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I do Good like Good stuff, that. man. So it, it, it buds, it blooms, and blossoms, and yields almonds all in one day. So obviously we know this is of the Lord. The Lord told Moses to lay Aaron's rod before the testimony. And so what is the testimony? This is the Ark of the Testimony. That's right. Testimony and what the are law. the two things that are in the Ark? Uh, well, there's Aaron's rod and then uh, manna. And then there's the testimony itself. Right. You know, it's interesting if you stop and look at the three things that are underneath the throne of God who sits on this Ark. And the, and the wings of the angels are like the backrest. Uh, to me, it's outstanding because what do you need uh, to, to, when you sit on the throne? Well, if you're the king, you've got to have provision. And that's what the manna represents, that the, the king will provide. Right. And also the king will provide instructions for his kingdom. And that's the, that's the Ten Commandments, the stone tablets or the testimony. And then, of course, the, the, the rod represents the authority that he has to implement that. So it's pretty cool when you, when you think of those three things inside the ark. Uh, and, and so once again, uh, in order for that to happen, that rod wasn't very big. Yeah, of it course. Was probably like a, just a big stick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause, uh, you know, so many cubits for the ark, so many cubits for the altar of incense. 
So anyway, um, so um, go ahead and go to. I guess we can go to uh, Jeremiah. Let's, let's just go to fourteen. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, so what two things were Aaron and his sons to bear? The iniquity of the sanctuary and the priesthood. Now we say this like it's bad, but it's actually it's it's a position of responsibility. Correct. They have to take care of the sanctuary, and of course the people. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and and you think about this that. The iniquity being the, um, the, the things that need to be taken care of, right? The things that are not right that need correction, they need to correct them. And I think that's a, a responsibility. And so the Levite's main responsibility was the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Um, and so we go into some offerings, right? We had, a, we had a plague. Yeah, we did. Right? We had a confirmation of Aaron's authority. And yeah. then now, as we had... And that's the opportunity. Right? And previous... Um, previous uh tour portions right after the plague we start giving instructions for offerings it's interesting a little pattern there so the following offerings were uh most holy for the priests and their sons and this is oblations meat offerings sin offerings and trespass offerings and chapter 18 verse 20 says this it says and the lord spake unto aaron thou shalt have no inheritance in their land neither shalt thou have any part among them i am thy part and thine inheritance among the children of Israel. So, in other words, the the Levites are in order to be able to have this prestigious uh, position amongst all of the congregation. They don't get the inheritance of the land. What they get is the Lord Himself, and I think that's a pretty good trade, wouldn't you say? I think so. I think so too. So, how much did the Levites receive for their service? A tenth. A tenth. That's like a, it's like a tithe. You know, uh, let me let me tie this in for all of you that are listening. You know, especially in the situation that we live in today with the coronavirus. Uh, once again, we'll we'll have that as a uh, uh, hopefully we'll have that you know as a podcast uh, this week. But anyway, so once again, once once again, we have the plague in Numbers chapter sixteen, verses forty six through fifty. Here's the storyline. Once again, just want to reiterate how important this is. After Korah's rebellion and judgment, Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. The Lord began to plague the people, and Moses instructed Aaron to intercede by running in the midst of the congregation with his censer. After Aaron received the instructions to take his censer from Moses, the plague was stayed. Boom. So, you know, when you, when you pray about the things that God wants you to pray for, when you have the heart of God... Just like with the bride and the bridegroom, you know, just like even with the, the state of Israel and, and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. This is what happened. This is very interesting. We go into the Levites here in Numbers 16, verses 46 to 50, continuing on. Because of Aaron's obedience, God chose the Levitical priesthood to lead the people. He established it. The Lord did this by having Aaron's rod bud, bloom, and produce almonds among all the other tribal rods. Wow. So he did something supernatural to prove his point. Right. Amen. So what's the opportunity? There's the plague. What is the opportunity? Numbers 18 verses 1 and 2. The opportunity after the plague was that the Levites would bear the iniquity of the sanctuary and the people in their servanthood. Yeah. Wow. Once again, Numbers 18 verses 9 through 13. Here's a great opportunity for the priest. The priests would get a portion of the sacrifices to have and to consume. They would also get the best oil, wine, wheat, and first fruits, etc. 
So, continuing on with this opportunity, this serious responsibility for the Levitical priesthood to serve the tabernacle and the children of Israel brought them great blessings from the Lord. So, here's a good question to ask, okay? Because we are living in perilous times. Uh, matter of fact, even right now, there is a, a six-block uh, that's autonomous that's been taken over by protesters in yeah. Seattle. Right. And uh, they're creating it like a small little... What a little little country or something, but uh, but anyway, uh, there's a lot of lawlessness right now, and people want justice, and I understand that, but I don't think you can you can loot and pillage uh, to prove a point. That's not a good form of protesting. But here's the interesting thing, and I want to just share this with all of you. In Jeremiah three fifteen, it says, "And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding." Why is it important to follow a pastor? That is God-appointed and not self-appointed, Ryan. Why is it good to have religious leaders right now leading with morals and values and, of course, you know, good temperament? You know, it's funny. I was actually thinking about this because um, there is a lot of self-appointment out there. You know, I, I, I own a business, and there's a lot of stuff on the, the web and, you know, people doing selling teachings and courses and stuff like that. And one of the big things that's out there is people claiming some sort of a, a knowledge or something that they're selling, but yet they don't do it themselves. So like a, a perfect example of this would be, um, uh, you know, hey, how to make your first million dollars, but some, by somebody that's never made a million dollars, right? It doesn't make any sense. Why would I buy a course from somebody, you know, that, that but the problem is that they, they just sell it, right? They don't, nobody's looking at their bank statements or anything. And, and that's kind of a side note, but it's the same idea, right? Why is it that someone can go where they've never been and lead people there? It has to be through the anointing of God. If it is not through the anointing of God that they're doing that, then how are they going to do it? They can't do it on their own. And if they do, you know, there's going to be casualties along the way, obviously. Um, you know, the, the other piece of this is that uh, without God, um, any spiritual leader is going, is going to fail um, and fail big. Um, it is God's grace and mercy. It is his appointment. It is his anointing that gets us through, uh, all of these things. And I think that, you know, just like, you know, he mentioned in, uh, in that verse, what is it? Jeremiah three fifteen here. Um, you know, that I'll give you pastors according to mine heart, um, you know, that which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And so, where does this knowledge and understanding come from? Well, it comes from God. It comes from the scriptures. It comes from having, uh, you know, your heart and your eyes and your face in the right direction, you know, towards God and towards, um, you know, what he's, what he's doing. And so, yeah. With, Remember Jesus said, he looked out over the people and says, I feel sorry for the people for they have no shepherd. Right. So, you know, I realize it's funny, you know, I can be around people that are very respectful and they love church and they blend right in. And there's those that buck you, they come and go, you know. But, but the thing that I want to just uh, conclude in is the fact that we have here uh, a, a really great question. What two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion, Korah, which is Numbers chapter 16, verse 1, all the way through chapter 18, verse 32? And I'm going to share my first two, and then I want your feedback too yeah, as well, absolutely. Ryan, because we, we are living in times where there's a lot of lawlessness, and everyone did you know, what was right in their own eyes, like the book of Judges before the monarchy comes. But uh, I would say this, number one, this is the lesson that can be learned. We should all be undercover, you know, under God's authority. We should all have accountability. 
I said it before and I'll say it again. Why would, why would God allow a plague to hit the earth? There's three reasons. Number one, because of lawlessness. And it's funny that because of these protesters and everything, the coronavirus is spiking. You know, it's more cases now because people are around each other and they're just wreaking havoc. And then number two, uh, you break down divine order or the chain of command. You'll understand that in the military. Uh, divine order in the family, the, the husband looks to Christ, the wife looks to the husband, the children look to the parents. If that's ever broken, a plague can come when, when families are broken down and societies in, in shambles. Uh, and of course, the chain of command, you'll understand that in military terms, uh, but it can't be a free-for-all. Um, and then, of course, uh, the last but not least, the, the third reason for a plague is just simply disobedience. So we should all be undercover, number one. I learned this from this particular Torah portion. Number two, uh, these, these are my thoughts, three steps to build a successful church and community. All right. Uh, we're even discussing this with Tommy Waller in, in the same regards. Number one, you have to have a place to meet. You have to have a place to, to assemble. You know, and so you can't just say it's a free for all and it's, it's over here, it's over there. You know, you got to have a place. We started in the living room. Uh, number two, you have to have personnel. You got to vet the people. You got to have good personnel because from the personnel, you not only have followers, but you're going to have leaders and you're going to set them up. You're going to set the leadership up. Uh, so once again, the, the first thing you need is a place. The second thing you need is personnel. And then number three is a process or protocol. You can't just have a free for all. Okay, when you have a situation, where do you send people to? You know, somebody has a question about the worship team, I send them to Susie. Somebody has a question about the dance team, I send them to Joanne. Yeah. Somebody has a question about the women's meeting or, or prayer, I'll send them to Miss Ruth or, or uh, Pastor Tiff and Timothy. You know, and so it goes on and on and on, even, even uh, as Ryan and Ashley are over the greeters. So my thing is, you know, there's, there's a process, there's protocol. It's not a free-for-all. And so each leader handles his ministry and grows it. And that's how we create disciples. But Ryan, this is an incredible lesson to learn that to get under those that God has appointed. Yeah. So my, um, my point was, was kind of like your number one, right? That to, to, you need to be undercover. But I want you to think about this, right? So Korah, um, let's just say, for example, that he stayed undercover, right? That he, he submitted to the leadership of Moses, and he continued to minister in the capacity that, that God had given him through Moses. He would have had peace. He would have had provision, and he would have had protection. Boy, that'll preach. For those of you that want the resource Undercover, yeah. uh, there's a revised version of this book by John Bevere. I highly recommend that you get it. If you're in the Hebrews of the Christian Faith Movement, we serve a God of order, and he is putting things in order, and that's where we get that uh, those three things that Ryan was sharing. Uh, John Bevere is the author. You will not go wrong by reading this book. Yeah, and within the kingdom of God, there's peace, provision, and protection. And so you gotta you gotta look at how God has created a pattern of the way things should go, and that when we are able to intercede and when we're able to support and do our what God has put in front of us to the best of our abilities and multiply our efforts, we will be the the recognition will be there. Uh, you don't have to recognize yourself. You know what I'm saying? I think that's that's a big piece of this is getting impatient, get you know, thinking God has done something wrong, that God's not smart, right? That you know, God doesn't know what He's doing. You know that you have to take over for God and things like that, and it's just not necessary. You know, so. you know, even in the Book of Revelation, there's a reference to these two witnesses, you know, that call down these plagues and things. So I, I would say to all of you listening that God is raising up shepherds after His own heart. Yeah. You know, and you, you need to find that shepherd or that leader that you can get under and express your faith and go on the journey. 
you know, and that's really where we're at. We're at an exciting time with Hayovel right now to come alongside and go to the land of Israel and help them and be a part of that and have our feet in the land, have some boots on the ground and, and to be under that authority of that organization and, and do it as we're told and follow the instructions. You know, even though we're bait to heal we're over here, you know, there's 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 other ways to do things and stuff. And you have to learn that. And so I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity, you know, Ryan. So I'm gonna let you close it out. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I want you guys to uh, reach out with your thoughts and your ideas and your questions and your prayer requests and all that. Uh, Ryan, R-Y-A-N at to praise.net. Ryan at to praise.net. Um, and uh, also, like I mentioned, go back and listen to that interview with Mr. Tommy Waller. It's a great, great conversation. I think you'll be blessed by it. Uh, and don't forget, every Shabbat, Saturdays, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we live stream our services on YouTube, Facebook, and all the other social media platforms. Don't forget, June 20th, the summer season begins. Yeah, my birthday is on Thursday, the 18th. Wow, yeah, there so, you go. Yeah, I'm going to be an old man. Um, kind of. I mean, not maybe not compared to you, but you know. You're not going to be 40. No, I'm not. No, not even close. It's too bad. It's coming. Up. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Praise God. Thank you guys for listening. Bless you. Have a great week.